Hello, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast. We're here for reflection and connection for the badass, high-achieving woman like you. So thanks for being here. And since you're here, you might as well just hit the subscribe button. I mean, don't be silly. You don't want to miss a minute of any of the episodes coming up. I'm not coming down. Y'all, I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Oh my goodness. One of my favorite things about having this podcast is having a reason just to randomly reach out to people who interest me in something they've posted or something I've read about them to say, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And that's what happened with Ashley Kessner and I. I saw a post that had gone viral on LinkedIn that she had written and I messaged her and said, do you want to be on my podcast? And she said, yes. And that's just a beautiful thing. So Ashley's story is the definition of badass, not just because it's a story of overcoming and a story of victory and hope, but it is the absolute representation of of reflection and connection. So the more we know ourselves in reflection and then courageously reach out with that authenticity and vulnerability that comes from searching within to connect with others, to me, that's the most badass thing that you can do. And as you hear Ashley tell this story, you'll know what I'm talking about. Here we go. Hey, Ashley, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. So I found you on LinkedIn. Yes. And what I already love about you is I sent you a quick message and said, I'd love to have you on the show. And you're like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I never, I, I'm trying to never say no. Um, really trying to get out of my comfort zone. One of the things that I struggle with sometimes is, uh, doing things like this, getting in front of people and communicating. And what I've learned is that I really like to expand out of that and, and break those comfort zones. So that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Absolutely. I love that. My girlfriend and I did a summer of yes. Um, one year that turned into a full year because we were having so much fun and that's exactly it. It's how you meet people and learn and grow. So I love that you were like, yeah, let's do it. So what, attracted me to you is I don't even know who had commented on a post or how I found you is you were talking about your recovery from addiction and just being really vulnerable and really out there about it on a career website, which I was so excited to see. <laughs> and then when I saw the name of your blog is ghost in my bedroom, and it's all about really just taking your story and putting it out into the world. And there's nothing more in alignment with this show than that. So thank you for being here to share your story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so 
just tell our listeners a little bit about this journey. I mean, we have 30 minutes and I know your story sure. could go on for hours. We could do a TV movie out of your story. Yeah, yeah um, you really like could. <laughs> for a lifetime to contact me. I was going to say, let's put that out there and just say, okay, God, we'll be, we'll be looking for a producer to pick this thing up. But yeah. tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. I will, I'll shorten this up the best I can. Um, so basically when I was 16 years old, I was struggling with bulimia pretty severely. Uh, body image issues, insecurity, self-worth. And uh, my parents had taken me to a psychiatrist and it was here that I was diagnosed with uh, major depressive disorder. Um, you know, dealing with that, you you don't know really what to expect at the age of 16. It's still really young to process something like that mentally. But, um, you know, I went into college, I was fine, I was treated. And then I started to feel better and I weaned myself off of the medication which right now, looking back, it's like big mistake, Ashley, big mistake. <laughs> red alert, red alert. Yeah. You know that now. <laughs> Don't make serotonin, get it through your head. Um, but so I weaned myself off and, you know, I had gone into college, the party scene, and that's when I met booze and, you know, alcohol, like a lot of different people gives you that faux confidence. It gives you that self-worth. It breaks you out of your shell to make you feel like you can be someone else. And um, that's what it did for me. I just, uh, for me, it's different. Um, my brain is wired differently and, um, I, I used it to cope and self-medicate, uh, which led to over 15 years of, of drinking. Um, and that was, that was really stood out to me as well is that for 15 years and you had jobs and, a baby and a, you know, you were, you were sort of living life. If you dig yeah. into your blog, you realize that behind the scenes, that's not really what was happening, but yeah, nobody, nobody really, I think had any idea of what was really happening and how I was feeling and how I was using it and the intention behind it. Um, I kept that, I kept that very much a secret. Um, I kept it very much a secret how much I was drinking when I wasn't in front of people. Although, you know, drinking where I'm from, small town, and I think just in the world in general, it's really accepted to go out on the weekends and overindulge. So it really didn't look like there was an issue. Right. Uh, but I was doing it behind the scenes at home by myself um, to sleep, to just get out of my own mind and escape. And that's where the harm started to happen. Um, you know, eventually with me, I would cross over into a line where I would get severely depressed as, you know, alcohol is a depressant on top right. of it. And um, severely depressed and eventually even started to use self-harm as an even bigger release. Um, and for a while, you know, using cutting as, as a way of, to treat that anxiety. But um, this all piled up when last year, my daughter's father was deployed in Poland um, for the year for the National Guard. And, you know, my world kind of fell apart. Um, we're not together, but we share custody. And that help to have those breaks was immense for me. Um, but at that point, I, I became a full-time mom. I was in school again, trying to finish wow. my degree because I had went back and forth and gone in and out. Um, I was in school again. I was working full time and I was an alcoholic full time. Um, I really don't know 
how I did it, to be quite honest, but my life had just become this robotic movements. Um, It felt empty. It felt like I was just going through the motions of life and living without purpose. And eventually all of that caught up to me so much. And I couldn't take, I think I was self-aware enough to realize I have a problem right now, but I just am too ashamed to admit it. Right. And to escape that feeling, um, that's when I made my plan and attempted to take my life. Um, it's, it's hard to put into words what that feels like when you've reached that bottom. But um, luckily, uh, it was unsuccessful and is why I'm here today. But, um, you know, I, I, when I went inpatient after that into behavioral health, hospitalization. Um, I discovered AA and the big book, read a few of the stories and I was like, damn it, this is where I have to fully admit I have a problem. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I got out and I was, I was ready. I was ready to commit to it. I was ready to make that choice, but falling back into the same environment, into my little apartment where I spent all those anxious moments um, it was too much and it was overwhelming. And I went back into it. Um, I would try and then I would fall back. I would try and I'd fall back. Eventually this took me into the biggest depressive episode of my life. Um, I, I basically gave up and I spent, I think the longest, it was two weeks in bed, not eating or bathing, just laying there, um, sleeping off and on. I was a shell. Um, I was, you know, that's where I kind of refer to a ghost of myself. Um, And I, I didn't know what to do because at that point, my daughter's father had taken her then fully um, because rightfully so he didn't trust that I was able to take care of her because I couldn't take care of myself. And that left me even more empty because she's my light, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was my reason for living to begin with. Um, And something at that point, higher than me, that it's still really, really difficult for me to put into words, say, said, you know, you have a choice here. You can try again one final time. I apologize for that. You can try again one final time um, and, and take your life or you can start over. And I knew I had a lot to say and I was ready to say it. And I think, you know, just that little bit of hope and that extra more than me up there, that energy source more than me up there shoved me out of bed. And that's when I started writing. And that's when I wrote the breakup letter, which is to alcohol and which is my first blog post. Um, I say blog, but it, it's not an advice piece. It's not anything like that. I literally, it's my personal diary. I just yeah. pull the curtains for the world to read, um, basically. And I did that because I didn't want anybody else to feel that way that I did. Um, but I posted it to my personal Facebook page and basically admitted to my world that everything I was dealing with and that I was basically a sham of Ashley and um, admitted that I was an alcoholic. And that was the most anxious moment of my life sitting there, but it was the way to keep me accountable um, because I figured, you know, my small town, if they knew that I was struggling, 
then they I couldn't go out to that bar and drink because someone's going to call me out. Um, and that was my mindset. And as I thought that I was going to be criticized and judged, I was not. I was filled with so much love mm-hmm. uh, that it just kicked my ass into overdrive. And and I started. Um, you know, I there's another part to this though. I I chose all this. I chose to get sober on the brink of a global pandemic. I don't know who thought that was like a good idea. <laughs> well, that higher power that you were talking about, yeah. I call it God, but you, yeah. yes, he, yeah. he, he had a big man. Yeah. So the big man, <laughs> so the big man though was like, here's your silver lining, Ashley. I'm going to force you to sit in all those uncomfortable feelings and dissect your life. And so that's what I did. Um, two months into the pandemic, you know, it was really a struggle for me to be isolated here in quarantine, but I, I had ended up hiccuping, which I call a relapse. Um, I hiccuped in April and I made that vow to myself to blog through the whole thing. So I did and, um, expecting to get criticism again. And I was not, I was lifted up with a lot of love. I started the next day and I've been sober ever since, um, 258 days today. Um, and it's, it's been life-changing to me. Um, the more I openly share, the more I realized the peace that I was missing in my recovery and it's the human part of it and the reaching out the, you know, almost, I feel recovery help right now and mental health is almost condescending in a way sometimes. Um, I, I take a different approach. I say I'm cynical, not clinical. I'm very, I'm very like sarcastic by nature. So I, I set out to basically create the space that I always wanted. And that was one with love, hope, and the occasional self-deprecating joke, because I think they're hilarious. And that's exactly what drew me to you is your, <laughs> that humor and that style and that sarcasm. That's my language, girl. And, yeah. and as I read your blog, I just connected with it in such a beautiful way because you, you spoke of how connection helped to heal you. And, and that's, you know, the, the tagline for my company is to ban burnout, build community and while you boost your business and the building community part, I think is so underutilized. We've gotten so busy and so independent and so striving for success that we've lost our ability to just connect as humans. And to me, that's, that's the most soul filling act there is. Okay. Quick time out from my interview with Ashley, because this topic of building community is relevant to something that I'm launching. And I made a commitment to be bolder in 2021. So I'm not afraid to pause this interview to tell you about something that I think is important. I am launching a badass masterclass. So if you are a high achieving woman who's leading a team, leading a company, or want to increase your sales dramatically, the chances are you're the kind of woman who has been heads down working for so long that now you know you need a community around you to inspire you, hold you accountable and kick it up a notch. And that's what I'm going to launch for you. That's what I'm, that's what we're building. So if you want more information, hit me up. Rebecca at wethrive.live and just say, tell me about the masterclass or you can dip your toe in the water and join the online community, badasswomenscouncil.community and you'll see some information about it there. Okay, back to this interview with Ashley. Isn't she amazing? 
Oh, I completely agree. You know, through all of this too, I just really was able to be me and not only discover my true love and support, um, you know, in the, in my environment, um, but also broaden my horizons and get more stories and, and it educated me and it, uh, it opened, it opened my world. Um, I always thought that I was going to be in finance and baking. I, I was an investment trader for, for God's sake, for years, um, selling stocks and mutual funds. And now I'm like this giant mental health nerd and I couldn't, it's my purpose. It's, you know, now I finally realized that, um, the reason I meant I was meant to go through everything. Um, uh, the reason I meant to be here was to turn that mess into a message. And that's, that's what I continue to do and help others free their ghosts. And I just want to stand up and slow clap when I hear you say that <laughs> because the, the message that I send to my clients and to my listeners is that your story matters. No matter what that story is, whether it's addiction, whether it's, um, it could be anything you, that you've, you've learned or you're good at, or you've overcome, we're supposed to share our stories. That's how God put us together was to say, you know what, we need each other. Nobody's perfect. And when you can vulnerably and authentically just be yourself, there are people that need you and you are answering that kind of tap on the shoulder that says, Hey, get, get up. I got more for you. And yeah. you did. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Love that. It just keeps building now. And uh, I'm just so excited to see where it all takes me. Um, I, I am actually now certified in this stuff. It's possible. Um, I'm a certified peer support specialist, um, to help others. And I had found myself working in the industry and really loved it, but there were aspects to it that when you're working in there, when it's an insurance reimbursed type of program, sometimes you get people that aren't ready to change. And I realized that my voice is better served to people in that contemplation mode. Like, am I drinking too much? Is this glass of wine too much? What, you know, so I, I've broken off now and I'll be offering um, myself as a recovery coach next year. And that's what I'm building. I'm developing my whole program basically around my story. Um, the program, I will have everybody write their own breakup letter to send to me and kind of be that vulnerable person. Um, there's an immense amount of power behind it. But in order to tap into that power, you got to get out of your damn comfort zone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, in, any, in anything that you want to do, it's, it doesn't happen in your comfort zone. You, yeah. you got to get out there where it's really uncertain and uncomfortable. And, I, you know, it's society in general has just made that so absolutely difficult because we sit in fear of criticism. So the other part of this is I really try to advocate for uh, how crucial communication is you know, against unsolicited advice, take out you need and you should out of your complete vocabulary. Preach. Um, yes. Yeah. The toxic positivity is something that irks me again, you know, telling people to stay positive. That is, is so invalidating and it makes you feel like if you're on the other end, it makes you feel ashamed to how you feel currently in that moment. So you know, I really just try to educate people on what was lacking for me to hopefully make a difference moving forward. Um, 
And I, I use the humor because it grabs attention and that's just me. That's my personality. Well, and it's part of that human connection where you use your sarcasm and your humor to attract the people that need you, right? So yeah. there, there are a lot of people probably in the world that do that kind of work, but the people that need you will resonate with you. And that's why it's so important that we are ourselves because we're not for everybody, but there are people that need what we have. Yeah. Yes. It's, and that's a beautiful point that you just made. Um, you know, it's an important part all around for your balance and your mental health is to realize that you are not for everyone and we are not perfect. Um, that is something that's truly been something that I've had to work really difficult on because I was talking to you about it before. I'm kind of a perfectionist mindset. Like I said, with the eating disorder and stuff too, from so early, um, some of those, kind of things come into play and you know there's a lot of pressure on me for other things you know my my parents being successful that pressure on my shoulders too I mean there's so many different things that come into the play but to get out of that perfectionist mindset mindset and and go I am enough as I am right now as long as I am doing my best then that's awesome and that's what I really try to push too is, you know, you're enough. You're, you're good. If you want to sit and be a miserable cuss today, you, you do it (laughs) and do it the best you've ever done it for that moment, right? right. Whatever. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And and that's something I too am hoping to spearhead is to break us out of that achievement-based culture and setting just unrealistic expectations on humanity about achievement and success. And I think that's why our kids. I have a, I have a 19 and a 22 year old and I I look at their peers and listen to their stories. I think we've done our kids a disservice in setting expectations about achievement at such a young age. And it was unintended. Most of the time it was a loving, like wanting them, them to have the best or do the best, but the consequences of it are just rampant. So I, I love that you speak of that as well. I always talk about the difference between marbles and puzzles when I talk about achievement and perfection, you know, if you have a handful of perfectly shine, shiny round marbles and you were to lay those on the table in front of you, they all roll away. You know, perfection doesn't stick together very well, but if you have a handful of puzzles with their jaggedy ass edges and the dust from the (laughs) bottom of the box and you throw those on the table in front of you and you just intentionally say, where's the beautiful side and how does this fit together? that's more of a reflection of what humanity is meant to be is our ins and our outs are meant to come together and, and figure out how we can support each other. So I think what you're doing is a beautiful example of the way humanity is supposed to be. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. I honestly, I have a lot of fun with it and you know, it, it really is just such a beautiful thing to find your purpose and to find that love for life. Um, it, it was years that I dreaded getting out of bed in the morning to go to work, uh, years that I, I dreaded to, to do things and, and take part in things unless it involved alcohol. And I've just really gotten so excited to jump out of bed and, you know, the same bed that I spent those weeks in. And that's where, that's what humbles me back to that beginning every morning and starts my day out graciously is, is getting out of that same bed. So 
you know, it really is just a beautiful thing. And I, I just can't wait to see where it all takes me. <laughs> me too. So a couple of things before, before we go. So you, this is your career now. So yeah. as, as the listeners are, are thinking, gosh, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I did drink way too much during COVID and, and maybe this is a problem. What are some of the things that you would share with listeners to even just kind of test out the theory of whether they needed a coach like you or not? Um, you know, it's really, it's really difficult for me to kind of answer that because it is a case by case basis. Um, usually, and right now I'm kind of just doing it all for free. So come at me. (laughs) Um, we need to talk. This is a business. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in March, everything is launching. It it takes a long time to do this because I'm, I'm actually developing it all myself. I come from very little and I don't have a lot of capital to put into it. Um, so I am working on everything myself and like that, but when people come to me. Um, usually I just share my story with them and they share theirs and, and I'll ask them questions. Um, you know, it's really kind of a motivational interview, you know, where do you, where's your struggle? Where's your frustration? Why do you think that it's, you're having a difficult time with the drinking? You know, if it comes down to the fact that you're hiding it, yeah, that might be an inclination. Um, I'm very upfront. I'm very, you know, bold, but I am respectful. I just, I attack it and I approach it differently. Um, where than a therapist or a doctor, uh, that's the beauty of what I can do is that I can relate on so many different levels. Um, people hone in on my sobriety, but my story is much larger than that. And ghost in my bedroom goes into it. Um, but I'm also a rape victim. I, you know, have a mental illness with depression. I struggle with anxiety, although that has drastically diminished since giving up the booze. Um, but so many, so many different, different aspects of my life that contributed. Well, isn't that the interesting part? And and that's something that I studied as, as well for a while is the impact of the, the alcohol on your ability to deal with anxiety, right? So you drink thinking it calms you down and gives you less anxiety, but then when it comes back, it escalates it. And when I was running my business, just starting my business and everything felt like anxiety, just trying to figure out what I was doing, I would even notice if I'd had two glasses of wine the next day, the thoughts in my head were much darker and much reserved. And I was afraid to do things. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do bold business decisions, this is not helping. And I just, I started Googling and studying like, is this like, I felt it. And then I started Googling it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is triggering all the opposite things that I want Mm -hmm. for me and my business. And it was a big, realization that I had. It was good. Oh, yeah. It affects, it affects your sleep, the, your, just your consciousness, your ability to be present, be mindful, um, your listening skills. I, I realized that was, was off for me. Um, and so it's really just, it's dramatically changed my life. And I think where people get worried or, or scared about it, is worrying what other people think. But as the recovery movement and as the sober movement gets bigger because there's this huge push for physical fitness and a part of that is giving up the calories of booze, um, you know, it's getting larger and there is a huge community out there. Um, 
I deviate. I don't use a program personally. I use the keep kicking ass Ashley program, <laughs> I love um, it. but I, I was in AA and I didn't really like it. Um, for me, I had spent 15 years hiding my pain. I didn't want to write the next story and write the next chapter of my life, uh, hiding it too. Um, and that's another reason why I chose to come forward. So um, there's just so many different resources too. I've kind of become this like walking book of resources. Yeah. <laughs> um, the things you learn when you're going through your own stuff, well, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, just different things. And uh, one of the things that I, I've stumbled across that I like, <coughs> excuse me, that um, is non-alcoholic beverages and people will have their their views about this and that's fine it works for me what works for me doesn't work for the next person but they're coming out there's these awesome women coming out with wines that are non-alcoholic that taste just like wine Sutter Home makes an awesome one um called free that I enjoy sometimes it's it's you know that's just one of those things that recovery doesn't have any roles you get to make your own so it's it's awesome. I have seen so many you know, mocktail, cocktail yeah. things, <laughs> especially throughout the holidays. And I think COVID is really bringing to bear the drinking challenges that people found themselves in. And I love that. I have a friend, um, Allie, who's been posting that she, she stocked a whole like bar cart full of all of these <laughs> mocktail things that she was making yeah. and every, every so often she posts pictures and they're gorgeous and you know, she's loving life and she's training for a half marathon and getting healthy. And I think it's great. It is. And you, you really just start to fully develop who you are and because you're forced to, you know, sit it with who you are and you aren't numbing it out. No, right? no. Yeah. So now everyone's like, who are you? Because you know, I'm 258 days sober. They, who are you to give advice? And I say, well, listen, I'm not giving advice. I'm just sharing my perspective and my story. I'm not sitting over here giving, you know, telling you, you should, or you must. Yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to figure out what works best for you and move forward and help connect you to the resources and stuff that you need and help connect you to professionals and stuff like that. Um, telehealth was a lifesaver to me. It's something that I used and I advocate for that all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just all changing. It's all transitioning. And as mental health becomes more prevalent in the news and with these celebrities that are now all coming out. Um, I mean, Anthony Hopkins just celebrated 45 years of sobriety yesterday. And I was so excited. I was like, if a hop is doing this, I'm on board for life. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the more they do that, you know, the more it, it shows and that we're all, we're all a part of this fight and LinkedIn actually, you know, I made that innocent post about, um, me finally graduating. I finally graduated with my bachelor's degree after working on it for 13 years. I graduated three weeks ago and it was such a personal achievement for me. Um, and I made this just innocent post and it was picked up and that's the female influencer on LinkedIn featured it and my stuff just went wild. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love so that so, was, so much. Yeah. It was kind of serendipitous and just really amazing, but it opened, it opened the door to get my voice heard. And, and as I continue to write, I keep my focus and keep my authentic voice. Um, and people, people seem to like me being an I asshole. Love <laughs> your dog. And you, speaking of assholes, the, one of the, <laughs> one of the last, um, 
post that you had where you had a hater on there that was, who are you to blah, blah, blah. Your response was so just honoring, basically just said, look, everybody has a right to your opinions, but here's why I'm okay with where I'm at. And I just, I love that approach. It was, you didn't feel the need to go at him with the same amount of ignorance and hatred that he started out with. Um, I I, I love that style. This is really funny because everyone that's read that goes, he, and I had no idea who did this. It was part of a survey for me in my market research to build my, my company and stuff that I'm doing now, my coaching. And so when everybody reads this, they go, he, and I'm like, I don't know if it was a he or she. It's funny how our minds make that assumption. That's fascinating. I I made the assumption, I think based on, but the name wasn't even on there. That's right. No, the name wasn't on there. And I think it might be the language or or that they reference the mail, but um, I don't know. But I just, I think that's so funny and that's unique in itself and and something that's interesting to me. But yeah, so I I get that sometimes when I put out that I'm going to be a recovery coach. And you know what that just screams to me? I always say, you know, finding my content place and finding my happy place, it, it involves self-love and I do love myself and I'm confident in myself. And, you know, criticism to me is, is really just a reflection of the other person's insecurities, um, how someone behaves, how they talk, how they act. It's all a reflection of our self-love. And, you know, if you're, if you're out there digging at people, um, for what they want to do and what they're passionate about. To me, that, that signifies something that, that is much larger going on with you and yourself, not them. It says more about you than it does me. And as I continue to keep that, it's, it's important for me to have that mindset. Um, because the more I go into the spotlight, I'm sure the more I'll be criticized, but you know, whatever haters, haters are going to hate until they ask if you're hiring. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's the, that's the right stance. I uh, launched training modules for parents of kids with attention deficit disorder years ago when my, my son was struggling. And as I got that community built up that I experienced the same thing. There were people that just wanted to be haters about stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you, you do start to realize that hurt people hurt others. Mother. And so I had this ability to just have what I call empathy for assholes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I can it's look really at them hard. and say, I know you're hurting or you wouldn't yeah. have said that. Yeah. Right. That's where my compassion kicks in. And I go, I was there because I did it. I was hurting and I was also hurting others. I mean, I always say this, my baby daddy, I made him miserable for so long. Um, I would drink and just try to pick him apart. And I think I did that because I was just so unhappy with myself and I wanted to bring everybody else down to my misery level and it's no way to live. And now that I see that hindsight, you know, 2020, I wish I could go back, but we've gotten to an amazing place. He's, we're polar opposites. He's military man, like conservative. And he calls me his little liberal little guppy. So I'm like all peace and love over here, but we have gotten to such an amazing place through all of this um, and built this empathetic relationship to give our daughter this well-rounded lifestyle. And I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I'm so grateful for him. He's, he's my best friend. Um, 
but but yeah it's, it's just funny that people you know I think that's the mindset I'm miserable let's bring the world down to my level um which is right. so crappy and so I just I don't even entertain it half the time because I see what they're doing right and you know I just keep doing me half the time social media I'll get on and post and walk away because it's same it's so toxic. So Same. I logged completely out of Twitter for the last probably month because I was just, oh, it's so icky in here. I got to go. It's like, I pictured myself was like, I would not stand in a room full of people talking like this. Why am I reading it? Like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes, you know, I will use it as an opportunity. You know, if I'm feeling too good or something one day I'll go all right let's jump on see if there's any haters and I use it as a tool actually um this is a thing I do I usually have the tool and I try to sit down and understand them and I use it as a tool to try to practice empathy and understand their side and it's a really great way to practice self-control so I mean I silver that. lining to it all <laughs> oh my gosh we could do a whole nother and we should you should come back and we'll talk about that on another yes. episode. we'll make this a series yeah well, well, let's tell our listeners, how can they stay connected with you? Sure. Absolutely. So the website right now is ghostinmybedroom.com. All of my social links are on there. Um, freeyourghost.com is being developed now. And I'm really excited to unleash that. It's going to be kind of your like one-stop mental hub of badassery. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's being unleashed, but yeah, ghostinmybedroom.com and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is for your ghost. We just hit over 5,000 followers, which I just started this page like two months ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. That means it's meant to be. You got yeah. something going. Oh okay. yeah. I have a whole meme team girl. Like there's a team <laughs> behind me and it's, it's just so great. The, the memes are a big hit and, and you know, the approach, it's just really relating to people. I, I said in, an, in another interview today that, um, to my knowledge, um, I've helped about a little over 30 people start their sober story and you know one person just to relate to the story um one part one person brings me to my knees but you know that many that it's connecting with that's that's the inspiration that's what inspired me um to use that cynical not clinical voice and for good um because i feel a responsibility now that i've reached this happy place now it's time to share it and it's, it's awesome. That's the <laughs> definition of meaning and purpose. Yes. <laughs> we should just close on that. Drop the mic. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm not coming down. This is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. Thanks so much for being here. We'd love to stay connected. We can do that if you jump into the online community at badasswomenscouncil.community. We've got lots of cool people in there already. And if you come in, it'll just be cooler.